everyone, it's spring. How are you feeling? Has spring sprung well for you? Uh, welcome to the PR Not BS podcast with Fiona Scott. And today I'm joined by the marvellous, the inspirational Caroline Payton, who is a client of mine. I'm not going to introduce her because I'm going to let her do that herself. So Caroline, over to you. Welcome. Uh, yes, yeah, so my name's Caroline Payton. I'm a nutritionist and naturopath and specialise in gut health. I've been in practice 12 years now. I live in the Swindon, Sirencester area, but I do actually see a lot of clients online. So most of them across the UK and occasionally globally as well. Caroline, why would um, someone running the type of business you do consider PR and media relations? It's really important to for people to sort of have a better understanding about what I do. I think there's a lack of knowledge around what a nutritionist does. Um, well, certainly they have no understanding about what naturopathy means. So I think it helps people have a better understanding about those things. Just raising awareness in terms of the type of work that I do, um, which goes way beyond um, helping people with a little bit of weight loss, for example. Traditionally then, Caroline, when you started out, what were the sort of stereotypical perceptions of someone offering your kind of service? I think it really was around um, just weight loss, um, just a little bit of dietary advice. I don't think people had any understanding of the amount of training and knowledge that I actually have around health generally. Um, So I think there is still a perception around that. A lot of people don't have that understanding. But certainly 12 years ago, I don't think people really had any idea of the years of training that I had done. Um, But yeah, some people might just thought it was a short course and it was way more than that. I've got more educated since working with you, but I think it'll help people shape people's understanding, Caroline, if they you talk a little bit about what you were doing before and how you came to this world and just what your qualifications are. Okay. Um, I had um, about 17 years in the corporate world. I went to university. I did a management degree. Um, I worked in corporate, mostly with BT in a procurement role. So what I do today is extremely different to what I was doing in those days. I got quite disillusioned in corporate life, didn't find it very satisfying. And I'd always had an interest in nutrition, picking up articles, reading about that. And so when I was thinking about what else was I going to do with my life, it was, I still describe it as a light bulb moment in that's what I want to do, that's what I want to study. So I must have spent nearly five years on a part-time basis studying in my nutritional therapy diploma, it was at the time, um, and subsequently in naturopathy. I've also done something in iridology, wellbeing, coaching, but my main qualifications really are around nutritional therapy and naturopathy. Okay, so what are they then? Tell the listeners, what is um, naturopathy and what do you do for people? So naturopathy isn't a therapy in its own right, like nutrition is. It's very much... um, It's a set of principles is what naturopathy is. So it's about getting to the root cause of symptoms, looking at a person holistically, um, doing no harm, understanding that people have the self-inherent healing powers if they're given the right support and the right tools from a healing point of view, um, doing less, not more. So certainly not causing any harm. And um, my role is as an educator. 
So it's not about telling people to do X, Y, and Z. It's giving people the education so they understand why they need to make some changes in order to progress and improve their overall health and quality of their life overall. So naturopathy is from that angle. My therapy, if you like, is nutritional therapy. And nutritional therapy goes um, way beyond just nutrition. You know, I, I look very much around stress relief. I have an understanding about the emotional and mental side of things and understanding about the interaction between uh, systems in the body and why there may be deficiencies um, that may be leading to people's symptoms. Caroline why do you think your kind of skill set is not mainstream in the way that a GP is or a dietitian or a physiotherapist where do you think the disconnect there has come from? Um, possibly because there are dietitians that work in the NHS, but they are trained slightly differently to the way I'm trained. I'm trained to work on a one-on-one basis in what we call clinical practice. So it's treating, looking at each individual, understanding their symptoms and putting in place a program to support them. Dietitians work in a slightly different way in the NHS. So historically, GPs would always refer back to dietitians if somebody needed help, for example, with diabetes or certainly in hospitals when dietitians would come up with the right solutions to put people on a drip. So nutritional therapy is far more modern. I would say it came about in the 1980s into the 1990s and recognizing that um, from a nutritional point of view, if you give people the right food and nutrition, that it fundamentally can change somebody's health. So it's coming at it from um, optimizing someone's health rather than just coming at it from a top down and treating disease. Since I've worked with you, you mentioned it was interesting you mentioned weight loss early on, but we hardly ever do stories on weight loss, Caroline, do we? I mean, what kind of thing, what do we cover? Just give uh, the listeners some examples of some of the things that we've done stories on. Oh, goodness me. Um, Energy, um, a lot around digestive health. And I think we've done quite a lot of stories around that. Menopause is a real biggie these days. Um, How people to do with diabetes and avoiding diabetes. We've certainly covered um, articles around that. Um, We've done some things on specific nutrients. I think there might be something we we did a little bit around pomegranate, for example, and that can be helpful. Um, I think female health is a very, very big topic. Female health and digestive health, I think are probably two of the big areas we cover. Give us an idea in a typical week, if there is such a thing for you, What are the kind of issues that people will be having? What are they coming to you about in a typical week? Oh, gosh. So as I promote myself quite a lot around digestive health, people are approaching me because they have been suffering with symptoms for a number of years. They're not getting relief. They've been to the GP. They've done all the tests under the sun, which is great because you can then rule out there's nothing more serious going on. But they haven't got the relief. Um, Within the NHS, I think they're very limited on the approaches and the tools and the medications that are available without really an understanding of how you can support digestion more naturally. So a lot of people will come to me because they've been suffering sometimes for years with different digestive symptoms. And I don't think I need to go into detail on there about the sorts of things that people experience. 
Um, tiredness is a biggie. You know, so many people are just tired. So um, people come to me with tiredness, but often it's a multitude of symptoms and there's no one thing. So if it's not digestive, which is a big part of what I do, is often people have headaches on lack of energy or aches and pains. And when you group all these together, there isn't one medication that can take all these things away, which is where I work from because I'm looking at all of that collectively and holistically to then put in place programs and plans and dietary interventions that can help towards overcoming some of those symptoms. And Caroline, do you find, I mean, you've been in business quite a long time now, similar sort of time to me, over 10 years. Uh, do you find that people are now more willing to invest in this? Because in the past, is my perception is, they thought they'd get all this stuff on the NHS. Why should they pay privately for it? So what's the appetite, if you like? Sorry, that's a bit of a pun. <laughs> but what's the appetite for um, working with someone as experienced as you? There's, I think there's definitely been a, a big change. Um I've been a lot busier this year than I have in previous years. I think it's much harder for people to get referrals under the NHS. And I think it's getting much harder. I think people's symptoms are becoming this um, multitude of different things. So people don't get necessarily get a diagnosis of, say, diabetes or chronic fatigue. It's just a multitude of things. And so um, people are don't want to live like that they want to have better health I think maybe Covid has made people more aware that they need to invest more in their health and therefore if you go to the doctor you're going with a disease whereas some people want to do the best they can to promote their health to get more towards optimal health not only to overcome the symptoms they've got now but to make sure they're going forwards in their life in a more optimal health and trying to avoid disease longer term so yes I do think people are more prepared to invest than they were before and Caroline if someone is thinking I don't care where they're based in this country overseas and they're thinking of going to a practitioner like yourself how do they know that you're good at what you do what are, the, are there any red flags they should be aware of because there are a lot of people that offer different types of therapies that's a very, very good question. There's a lot of people out there who call themselves nutritionists or use that word quite liberally. And as I said at the start, I did years of training and yet some people might have done a six month course that's not very thorough. So how can you know whether somebody's really qualified? Um, I am registered with the um, Complementary Natural Healthcare Council. That's one place that you can look for for people who are meeting the right qualifications and what we call the NOS, the National Occupational Standards standards um, and as a naturopath I'm registered with the General Naturopathic Council so these are really good regulatory bodies that are making sure they only register professionals who meet the right qualifications you should also check about insurance I have to have insurance to practice but I'm not sure there's other people out there who would necessarily have that insurance looking at their professional associations I have to keep up continuous professional development on a yearly basis to keep up to date nutrition's a moving fast moving field so I'd spend and invest a lot of my time staying abreast of the latest research and to keep my professional associations I have to keep up with the CPD requirements to do that so those are some of the you know some of those are the really important things 
And then you can read articles and see where people perhaps have been published um, and look at the sort of articles and information they're putting out there. But it is a bit of a minefield. I think the professional associations and the insurance are two of the big ones I would look for. Thanks for that, Caroline, because we um, I always make a point of saying when I'm writing about you qualified nutritional therapist for a reason. Yes. Because like you say, I'm aware um, that, you know, people could be out there and it might have an interest, a genuine interest in nutrition, but no qualifications whatsoever or um, qualifications that really shouldn't be trusting your health to people who've done a 10 minute course or, uh, you know, you can't learn to ride a bike at a seminar my favorite book one of the things i explain to my clients um you know a lot of my clients come to me they're on various medications i have to be very very careful in what i recommend to clients and particularly around supplements that there are no contraindications most of what i'm recommending is not going to cause any harm but i always have to make those checks now understanding the way medications work and looking at contraindications is a big was a big part of my training I'm and part of my professional association gives me access to what's called a nutritional medicines database that enables me to make those checks before I recommend anything to a client. There's those sort of things that are so important that as a layperson, they wouldn't necessarily realize the depths of my training and what I go into to ensure safety for my clients. Okay, let's move on to talk about um PR, media relations in particular with your business. When did you start to think, I don't know whether this related to me in particular or generally, I want you to sort of go back in time, probably pre-COVID and think, I want to do that in my business. What was it you wanted that you didn't have before? Um, I wanted to raise awareness of what I did to some of the things I've just been speaking about to make people more aware of my qualifications my knowledge um, to try and set me apart from other people or other people who might say or profess to do something similar so I think that's where it probably started from um, because it's not just about it's not just about the qualifications and what I do it's about me as a person so people are going to come to me People, as we know, people buy from people, but particularly in what I do, people have to relate to me, trust me, like me, think I know what I'm talking about. So that's really the starting point in the last few years that I recognised I needed to do more of that. Do you see that? How do you square the circle of return on investment? Do you see that as investment? cost and how do you marry that up with sales i'd be interested because this is something that comes up a lot in my world oh gosh fiona that's a difficult question (laughs) that's not easy to answer um i think i mean obviously what i do is i I, i'm probably not good enough with my financial business to be looking at it and tracking on a monthly basis but certainly year on year i'm looking at my my set you know my revenue coming in and number of clients that i have and and looking back over time so i know there's been a big change in the past um year 18 months for me um so i yeah i have to just continually do that i I, i'm sorry i don't think i have any anything better to add than looking at whether i've got you know am i getting lots of interest and lots of clients and how have they heard about me and what have they read um yeah and and then just decide whether i think what i'm doing is adding value and it's a good investment 
I think that what you've just expressed is what m- many, many business owners, that is how they track things. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't delve into the data. I don't as much, but I still want to know with a client that they feel something's changed. Now, that might be turnover, but it might be visibility, more hits on their website, more phone calls, more inquiries. Mm-hmm. Because someone like me, I can't control the amount of people who come to you who's definitely going to use you. Mm-hmm. But I can make you more visible so more people come to you. Exactly. And, you know, I get, you know, I, I always arrange what I call a discovery call with potential clients. So the number of discovery calls I've had this year compared to previous years is way more than I've had in previous years. Um, yeah. Now, we've been really lucky working together, probably more than any other client I'm working with at the moment, Caroline, to get quite regular national coverage I know why that is. You tell me why you think that is. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. I I go out of my way to respond to requests. So sometimes it comes in, it needs a really quick turnaround, first of all. So I will do that. Um, it's very rare, I think, Fiona, that I've missed a deadline. And sometimes I've missed a deadline and I've been like, oh, I really wanted to do that. And for whatever reason, I've not been able to. So it's really important that if I'm going to invest in this, I'm going to try and respond to those requests that come in. I'm also quite careful. I don't just respond to everything. I look at if it's an area where I have the knowledge to respond to it. And I take time. I don't just throw a response out there. I actually spend quite a bit of time because it's around nutrition. Sometimes I'm double checking and researching before I send something in because I want to make sure the information I send in as is as accurate and reliable and as knowledgeable as it possibly can be and I think the journalists that receive that have been impressed with that information sometimes they can use it sometimes they might not have been able to use it but I think people remember that and therefore I am getting some of those journalists come back to me um, because they've liked what I've delivered for them before. Yeah I often hold you up an example of the kind of client I want more of please more <laughs> Caroline's in my life but that is just it you understand deadlines you put the effort in because at a national level um, journalists who write about this stuff write a lot about this stuff so they know what good looks like you can't mm. fool them into trying to throw something together And therefore, you automatically go into their little black book and they come back and generally they'll come back now to you and then to me as backup. We had one last week. Yes, yes, we did. For a magazine. You know, they came to me directly. I said, yes, I can meet that deadline. It was 24 hours, pretty much 24 hours for me. I think at the weekend, but I wanted to get it done in the 24 hours. So I found the time to do that. I worked a bit later into the evening. I immediately copied you in on that so you're aware of it. And that, that was, you know, I was thrilled with that because it was a really well-known magazine, ladies sort of magazine from for the sort of age group that I'm trying to, for people or clients I'm trying to attract. So that was, yeah, I was really pleased with that. But you don't just do stuff with me, do you, Caroline? You're very active in other ways. Just share with our listeners a few of the other ways that you're active. Um, I do use a digital marketing agency because I don't like technology very much. So they do some of the clever stuff for me. Um, I run a Facebook group. Um, I do Facebook Lives in my group every week. And I try to be as consistent on that as I possibly can be. And like other people, there are sometimes I'm probably thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm a bit tired this week. I'm not sure I want to. But no, I always show up and do that. Um, 
and that's converted into um, Facebook, uh, a YouTube channel for videos on that. Um, I sometimes do group programs. Um, so for those people that are looking to invest a little bit of time uh, and cost in me, but rather than going for some of my big programs, I'll do that. Um, and then this past year, I've been working and really supporting a charity as well. And that's another aspect to what I've been doing. So lots of different areas. I constantly rethinking about what I'm doing and how I'm trying to keep myself visible and promote myself. Yeah, and I just feel that in 2022, as it goes on, we'll just keep doing more of the same. I mean, it's exciting for me to see someone like you in the Daily Express, yes. um, People's Friend, The Lady, Platinum. That's just a few yes. that we've done locally, BBC Wiltshire, BBC Gloucestershire. Yes. Yeah, I've been on the radio, haven't I? Yes, exactly. You know, and those requests come in sometimes the day or the day before it's like can you suddenly do this at two o'clock in the afternoon yep okay <laughs> one of those came in I was away with my mum on holiday and it's like right I've got to do this you know and it's I find the time to do it as much as I can so Caroline and anyone out there listening to this thinking oh yeah I do want to do PR but I'm not really sure if it's worth the money what would your best advice to them be You've got to be absolutely serious and committed in wanting to do PR. And you've got to look at it in the long term, not the short term. There's no point going into this thinking, well, I'll just dabble around with it for a few months and expect expect it to make a difference. I think you need a good 12 months or more where you can talk more about that, Fiona. But, you know, you've got to invest in it. But you've got to be really serious because, as I said, you know, it's no good saying you're going to invest the money to do PR, but then when the requests come in for information, you don't respond to those. So sometimes you have to put yourself out there. So you've got to be absolutely serious about wanting to do this and have a vision about where you think your business is going and why you think it's going to deliver benefits to your business. Um, the other key thing about you, um, Caroline, is you fully embrace not just being an expert in A, B and C, but being a businesswoman, you you are willing to flex your personality is probably the way I'd like to put it. And that's really key to good PR, which just cannot be about your stuff. Yeah, you've, it's uh, it's about me as a person as well. Um, it goes way beyond it, doesn't As I said, it's not just about the business, it's about me. And like I said, people buy from people, but in my field, people have got to really know me and like me and feel they can trust me because nobody wants to share personal, confidential information unless they feel they can relate to me and that they warmed. I've got to, I've, they've got to warm to me as a person. Otherwise, it's just not going to work at all. So, Caroline, how can people find you if they're interested in you today and they want to get to know you somewhere? Where can they find you? My website's called Peyton Principles and my surname is Peyton, which is spelled P-E-Y-T-O-N. I always make the conscious effort to spell it. It's an unusual spelling, so Peyton Principles. Um, if you were to search Nutritionist Swindon, I'm sure you'd find me very quickly. Um, I also have a Facebook group called Inspired Lifestyle Choices for women over 35 although I hasten to add I do have quite a few male members in that group but my main target market is more women than males so they're the best places to find me and uh, yeah chat me thank you very much for your time Caroline it's a pleasure to talk to you as always I love working with you just wanted to share with some listeners what it's like to work with someone like me and what it's required on both sides 
yeah, you know, and it you. is required on both sides. So thank you very much. And yeah, if you've enjoyed you. today's podcast, um, you can find me on www.scottmedia.uk. Um, check out my power hours. You might find their reviews to you. We can just spend an hour chatting about your business and what you're looking to achieve. If not, doesn't matter. Just tune in to the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.